Life in a Nutshell with Tammy and Leanne. Hello. Hi there. We are back at you after a bit of a hiatus. Not long. Yeah, just a little break there. We had, <laughs> you know, life gets in the way. Life happens. Life in a Nutshell. Yeah. So it is December. Nope. November. Oh. <laughs> 29th. I get a little ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah. Just the end of November. I'm already in December in my mind. Okay, Tammy, slow down. A couple days away. Slow down. Yeah, and today we're going to talk about daily living and coping with our mental health. Yeah. Because I think there is a big disconnect as to how we are, where we are, and why. Why we can do what we do in terms of like business and personal life. Personal life. And um, I don't know if we've really sat down and given I like ways that we do that right because our I guess one of our things is that we live with mental illness and we live well and it's not mm-hmm. easy to do that and I think that I know whenever we've hosted shattering that's been when I gave my talk that was one of the things that we talked about a lot people wanted to know how do you manage or how do you, you know, how does that work for you? And I think that is important to talk about because there are things that you have to do on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. to ensure that you um, put your mental health to be mindful. I like to say mindful because you don't want it to define you and that be all that you think about or, you know, Sometimes there are times in cri- of crisis, I believe, where, of course, it tends to be more prominent and in the forefront of what you have to deal with if you are, for example, for me, if I'm in depression or if mm-hmm. I, you know, then then I'm in more crisis management. But I think on a regular day-to-day basis to maintain my, to maintain wellness, there are things we have to put into place and things we do. Yeah, I feel like today it's almost about what we do to try to avoid crisis state. Exactly. I think that there's a few things on that. I think sometimes crisis state can can sneak up on us even when we're doing all the things because it is an illness and it is, uh, for both of us, there's ge- that genetic component. And um, so even if we're doing all the things to cope well, I still, you know, there are still times if it's time of the month for me, that would right. be if there's hormonal changes. For sure. Um, there's a lot of reasons that... For me, a crisis would look like like not being able to drive because of panic disorder, agoraphobia, finding that I'm avoiding all situations and scenarios where I've had panic attacks. That would be, for me, sort of what stops me from like daily functioning. Right, exactly. And I know that I can do a lot of things to protect myself and be proactive about maintaining my wellness, but sometimes it just sneaks up and that's, that's okay. For sure. And that's the, I mean, and that, and that it is still an illness or a disease and like any disease, you can do everything right and it still can impact you. And so I could do everything right and a depression, I could still end up in depression Mm -hmm. or, or have a hypomanic or manic episode. There's no, there's no guarantee. Right. Well, there's so many there's so many aspects we can't control. So we try to do the best with the things we can control. Of course, yep. Um, what do you, Leanne, what do you feel like would be some of the things you do? Walk me through a day. Well, for me, the probably the most number one and most important thing for me is sleep. 
Sleep is one of my biggest triggers. Um, so I have to be very, very mindful and protective of when I go to bed. So I have to go to bed earlier probably than a lot of people do um, because the sleep prior to midnight is really important for me. I have to get a good deep sleep and um, I have to be consistent. So, you know, I am not one of those people who can go um, out late on the weekends just because it's the weekend mm -hmm. I you know so that limits me I and it's something I've had to learn I used to try to do that yeah. and it had a negative impact on my mental health I have learned that I pretty much consistently go to bed you know at the same time every night I have a really good routine I read before I go to sleep that helps me to fall asleep I I just, there are things that I put into place. I mean, it doesn't mean that there not, aren't nights that sure I do stay up later, but I have to be cautious. I can't do that often and I can't do that for days in a row. For me, it's like the days in a row because if I do that, if I, right. if I don't rest well for two or three um, days in a row, that's when I can start to cycle up and that can happen really fast for me. That's the nature of my illness. I find it interesting too, because I know, I remember a few times in my life and even with my, my own health that I just have been unwilling to accept that I have the illness. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's been me for most of my life till recently. And I've had friends who've said to me, and even in my twenties, I said, you know, I just can't do that because I have this. And if I do that, then it will negatively influence my life or my morning or, or whatever, you know, and really that comes down to what we value and our priorities and wanting yeah. to feel good. And if we value feeling good. Um, so that we can do things that we're excited about and have a good life, a full life, then we want to take care of those things. But it is, I think that's, that's the hardest thing is it's not even about what we do on a regular basis. It's about accepting that you have an illness and then being willing to listen to your body right? Yep. and then figuring out what you need. It's like number, step number one is acceptance. Accepting and, the illness. Yeah, and for me, it was a long, hard road. And um, I've spoken about that where I had over 20 med changes in the last probably 20 years. Not Yeah, a little bit less than that. I had med ch constant med changes. And, I, and a, a, lar a large part of that was due to the fact that I did not take care of myself because I felt that as long as I took my meds, I should be able to do whatever the hell I wanted. Ah, love so, it. you know, I would work 14 <laughs> hours a day, not eat. I lived on like chai lattes, you know, those were my like, oh, I can have that for breakfast, lunch, and maybe sometimes supper. And then I would be, you know, I wouldn't get enough sleep and I would be like, well, everyone else can go out it's the, on okay. the weekends and do this. And like that. pause everyone else. Yeah. This is the problem. Yeah. This is the problem. This is exactly the problem. Mm -hmm. That people who have mental health Ill illness or issues or struggles, whatever you want to say, it's everyone else. It's the comparison. I feel like it kills us. It makes us so much less healthy. Of course. We can do a lot. Of course. But we cannot, that is the whole thing. It's like, well, everyone else can do that. Well, everyone else can do that. Especially if you know that they have a mental health illness too, a mental illness too, and they're out there doing that. And then you think, well, you don't know how much people are suffering. 
Of course not. I mean, it, it, if you would have looked at me and known yeah. I was, which very few people did, was bipolar, you would have been like, wow, oh, look yeah. at her. She does this, this, and this. And then, meanwhile, back at the bank, I was like, yeah, you know, taking deposits at left, right, and center. And my, you know, my body was like in crisis mentally and physically. So, um, yeah, and I was not balancing things well at all. I mean, and physically, and here's another thing. So I would exercise, but of course, because of the, who I am and the way I am, um, exercise is great, but not when you do it obsessively and to the extreme. So I would, you know, I'm a runner, like love to run, used to be a runner, no longer can do that. But, um, when I started running, I decided that I had to run 10 K a day. Like that was what I was up to and I could, and I was teaching full time at the time and had two small children at home. So I would get up at whatever five in the morning because I mean, I would read about people who were like marathoners or half marathoners or runners and that seemed feasible. So I would get up at five or five 30. I can't even remember. And it was 10 K a day, five days a week. And it was like, it had to be done. I did not miss a day. And I mean, that was not sure. Exercise is great, but not when you do it to the, like it, it's so it was, nature it was the, it's and the, then, and it was that I would feel, you know, that it is not good for you and healthy when you feel guilt, when you do not. Right. Right. Like when all I could think about all day is if I missed it, then I'm obvious, then I felt guilty all day that I hadn't gone for my run in the morning. It was like a, then I, the hamster was on the wheel saying, you know, what, look at what you did. You, you didn't go. And... Oh yeah. The mean, the, the bully. Right. Like the voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that is so interesting. I didn't have that. <laughs> I don't have that at all. <laughs> In fact, I think it's harder for me to do something over and over again. You just have to pause for a minute. So we have to cut this part. Pause. Just let it run. We're done with this in and out. Yeah, no more in and out, Ruby. No. We just had to take a break here because my dog is in and out, is running in and out, and... And she's making a mess. Maybe this should just be a real thing with my... With my mental capacity right now, it doesn't work to be like having two things happening at one time. Okay. Sometimes my I can dog carry it too. through, but today is not the case. Um... Yeah, so that compulsive nature of running. Well, of exercising. exercising. I mean, whatever and that, it is, and it doesn't people, matter. What it is. I mean, it can be eating, it's, it can be dieting. Exactly, it can be, it can be eating. It and see, for me, it is, I'm not. Shopping, it's a and a lot of people eat compulsively, and I'm the opposite. When I'm stressed, yeah. I do not eat. So yeah. I lose weight. Like, I'm the opposite. And, you know, and, but people will be, would be like, oh, you're so lucky, you're so thin. And I'm right. like, well, maybe, really... but it is not in a healthy way often. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, what did I do? I wouldn't eat. I would live Drink off lattes. of like lattes High lattes yeah like yeah. that Sugar ooh, super, super healthy milk. yeah i feel like hmm, but i don't do that now so these are things that i do put in place now so i eat like try to eat five times a day right. small meals yeah. and i eat i'm on a very specific diet because i feel healthier when i don't mm-hmm. eat certain things right yeah so i'm really i'm really and mentally, this is the best that I've been yeah. in the last 23 years. I have not had a depression in the last three and a half years. And this has been, these have been some really tough. I've had some yeah. physical 
really difficult physical. I feel like another big one, and I know we talk about this a lot here, but it, it what do you call it when it what, what's repeating? It bears it what repeat repeating? It bears repetition. It bears repeating. Yes. No alcohol. Abstaining from alcohol. Yeah, that's alcohol a big one for me. really bad for mental health. Yeah. But for, for everyone's mental health, anyone yes. who suffers. Well, especially if you're on medication. Most of the medication that yeah. you take, it says right on the bottle, most of them do not do not consume, consume with, with alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. Most Adverse mental, reactions. Right? And do not consume with alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Plus, alcohol is a depressant. It's a depressant. And, and most it people take anxiety, it. But it also numbs your anxiety while you're taking it. But then later you feel worse afterwards. Of course. I feel like abstaining from alcohol, watch like eating regularly, like you're saying, help really healthy food, um, getting enough sleep, like and exercising a normal amount. Those are like without saying the most important things you can do for your mental health. And then taking medication if you need it, if you're on something that if you have a, an illness that needs it consistently. Because oh I know goodness, a lot of people, like especially especially people with bipolar disorder have the tendency to once they start to feel well they like to think that, that they fine. they don't need it and mm -hmm. then that is that is a problem with maintaining a function functioning life and good mental health is people with bipolar disorder do tend to go off their medications mm -hmm. and that causes episodes and yeah. That I feel is like even anxiety and depression. Like lots of people I know, yeah, they're going I off guess. their meds all the time. Oh, they're fine now. I'm fine now. I'll be fine now. Yes. Yeah, and you know what? For some people, it is like some temporary thing. And some it's people, a it, can, it, it does work. Yeah. Situational anxiety or something going on in their life, tra trauma or something. When it's genetic, it's a bit different because you're not just getting rid of it from therapy. Oh, and therapy. Yeah, therapy is a big one. Count receiving counseling, or if you see a psychiatrist who does. Like my psychiatrist does both. Yeah. So I'm very, very fortunate. Yeah, I feel like, but when it comes down to like all these coping mechanisms are great. I mean, for me, I definitely listen to my intuition and my gut and base decisions off of, not that it's how I'm feeling. I know it It sounds, what I'm going to say is sounding like my, it's emotional, but it's actually more of a gut response. Like if I'm, if I can feel that overwhelm in my stomach, I know that I need to step back and I need to not do that or not take that on. Like my body will tell me a lot of things. I guess it's not emotional. It's, it's more, more intuitive, intuitive feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and mine happens to tell me, communicate through my gut Whereas mm -hmm. some people might there might communicate to them in a different way. But I think um, it's really about the, the number one thing is just acceptance. And the reason we don't accept is because why do we not accept mental illness? Because of the stigma, shame, stigma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you can't get past that or you don't have family support or people who are like, who don't embarrass you about it, or you can say it to them and they're accepting of what you're telling them, it's really hard to go on medication or go see a doctor. Oh, for, if you don't, I mean, until it gets or, to crisis mode. or if you don't have the, if you don't even have the, I found it interesting is that if you don't even have the language or the knowledge to know that is what you are suffering from so some people don't even understand what's going on right and that's the that's the part that is in our society in our day and age where we have so much knowledge and access to knowledge that's the part that I feel is is really sad is that we don't I mean 
with all the social media out there and all the good we could be doing is that people still don't understand that when they have, when they are feeling, you know, overwhelmed and sad or having suicidal thoughts or that a lot of these are their brain illnesses mm -hmm. and that illnesses are treatable. Yeah. So we are having people, you know, doing things that are, could have been prevented because, but, and sometimes it's a, a lack of knowledge. They don't even understand that what is going on is actually a treatable mm -hmm. illness. And usually I don't think people seek treatment until it's at that crisis, crisis state. Mm. So people will be suffering through, suffering through, suffering through with this, feeling terrible. And then only when it hits a point that they themselves cannot manage it anymore, or it hits like a crisis state, then they'll go because to the hospital or something. Cause I have to tell you, like I will tell my husband who's a wonderful man. I will say to him, I'm not okay. This is not going to work for me. Like here's an example because I feel like a little bit of storytelling helps. We had just last weekend, we had dinner parties Friday night and Saturday night. We hosted them. I'm not, I did there was no wine or alcohol at the dinner parties. They were both dry. So I felt a ton of social anxiety. So funny, Leanne. I didn't realize that even just a glass of wine while I'm cooking dinner did so much really? anxiety work for me. Yeah, That's this interesting. is really interesting. So it wasn't people that I'm normally day-to-day -day hanging out with. Right. So it was kind of like different, lovely, lovely people, different groups of people. So my husband, we've been together since I was 14. I'm 40. It's a lot of years. So he, I said like, like this is too much for me. Right. Like I know we can't really cancel this because we've committed to it, but I don't know what to do. I didn't feel like it was okay to cancel Saturday night's dinner party based on my mental health. So, and this is me. This is like, this is all in this is your... last weekend. This is a lot of years of yep. like, dealing with my mental right. health. And you know, for him, this is, he, and he's so, he's so generous to me. You'll be fine. You'll be okay. I was like, I just feel like this is more than that. Like, I know that it's okay. Sometimes with anxiety, you have to feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. But this was more of a depletion coming from a place of depletion and not being able to recognize that this was not important enough. Right. This was like not more important than my mental health. Right. But mental health in, even in my family and my home where I've had it forever is not valued enough that it takes precedence over telling people they can't come over for dinner. Of course. And I totally appreciate what you're saying. I think that, that I think it's, this is a problem. but yet if you had said, if you had fallen and oh, hurt yourself, flu? yes. No or, problem. Yeah. Cancel. Or if you were like, I have a migraine, cancel. it would be canceled cancel. completely. But this is, th so this is my point is that nobody's going to advocate for That's you. right. Nobody. Yeah. Quit waiting for your parents. Your husband, your, husband. your, your wife, you. your children, They're nobody probably is not going to protect you. Although I know you can teach, you can teach them to protect you. We've had some conversations about that to yes. a point where you can have them do check-ins with you. Yes. Um, that is not something in, in my life. No, I don't have that in my life. Well, I have, you know what? I have it maybe with friends, but sure. it's more, yeah. but they don't live with you. No. And so it's more of a, you have to reach out versus and sometimes you're, I know for me, I am unaware when I am feeling like 
things are uh, starting yeah. to escalate or I'm feeling overwhelmed. Like even today when I got We're here, the with the I was the, yeah. I was overwhelmed and I had to sit here yeah. and talk to you about my, and I was like, I don't even quite know where the overwhelm is coming mm-hmm. from. And so my, my, through it, but. but my family is not aware to say, you know, like you said, a check-in or, I mean, they'll, you know, they'll, what can they'll I do s- to protect you. What yeah. Can we they do? don't, it's not about the, they, it's yeah. like, I mean, sometimes they'll say to me, I think that's too much. You have too much on your plate. Maybe you sure. should do, you should take, you should take something off. Right. Often okay, though, what they say they that they want to, want to take <laughs> off is stuff that I want to keep on. Right. <laughs> keeps me healthy. The things that make me happy. They'll be like, do less work I or, know. and I'm like, that's actually that's what I need. Happy. I need to the, go to the dinner party. Right? I, I need the to do things, the work and yes. go to the dinner party. I need to lay on my bed yeah. and cuddle with my kids and watch a movie. Yeah. That's what I need. Yeah. I don't need to have 20 people over. Uh, yeah. And I'll be like, well, the things that I actually don't want to be doing are, I don't want the stress of having to deal with my, fa- you know, whatever, the kids <laughs> you know and the family. Say, we'll just keep it on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to have to deal with. Yeah. I think that it's hard. They feel like. I think from a spousal point of view, yeah. if the thing we want to cancel affects them or their family negatively, oh, yes. then, then they don't want to do it. That's right. And I feel like, okay, I get that. Like I get, I get that. We're, but maybe they think I, we're just using it as an excuse, but there's actual things that happen physically to your body that are really hard. So if I'm going to do that dinner party, then, then the next day it was like ushering at church. I love all these things on their own. I absolutely love ushering. I love looking everyone in the eye as they come in, shaking their hand and just sharing love with them. Like that's like my thing, but that's the only thing I needed in that three, in those three days, right? Dinner party, dinner party, ushering. Something else was going on that day too. And like, okay, that was on me. I did. I allowed those things, but here's my problem. I'm the one with the mental illness. Right. And I'm responsible to, have boundaries, maintain the schedule, maintain the calendar, maintain my health, take care of myself. Nobody's going to protect me. This is where I see the problem coming in. I feel like it's this. And, and I, I get that we can't like expect someone to understand or be able to like foresee our needs. And then we just get mad when they do. Right. But how can like, I was listening to something really disturbing on the radio this morning and it pertains to this. Okay. So this guy showed up at, I don't know details. I'm not detail oriented. So yeah. don't expect that people, um, on the radio, this guy shows up at RUH. He's in a, he's bipolar and he's in a, he's in a, having a crisis, state. like a psychotic break. He's having a psychotic break. Right. Thank you. Shows up at emerge, has to wait. It was something like six plus hours. <gasps> ends up in a psychotic break. Yes. Oh my goodness. Ends up falling asleep, like in the emerge area. And the family's really upset, of course. Like, people are really upset that this happened. It might have been more than six hours. Like, it was a long time. It was a long time. Um, So they're having this discussion on the radio this morning. And I said to Scott, I was like, this is not where the problem started. The problem started because these things were going on in his life. And there was no proactivity happening with his family or with his doctor or with him. And why is it all on him? If I break my leg, it's not like, how am I going to fix my leg? Okay, like, I'm going right. to, like, put this bone. Oh, hey, doctor, do you mind just putting this bone back by this bone? Like, maybe if you can, like, fix that for me, then I'll be able to walk again. Why is it all on us? We're the ones with the messed up hands. I completely concur. How do we I fix don't... this? 
I don't know. I think it is a matter. You know what? But you know what? I feel like from what and and I've had these conversations. There is a big, there is a a big sort of um, there's a tension between individual rights and community rights, right? And like so, everybody (laughs) is so concerned that we're going to tread on a person's individual rights. Okay. So nobody wants to ever force anyone, for example, to take medication or to do something against their will or to. So perhaps this person, I don't know that I have no idea the circumstances. Let's even pretend like like let's even just remove this person and say hypothetically a person like this. Or like I have said before to I have said to my husband, I said, I know what happens when I get depressed or when I get manic. I said, I would hope that you would take me and get me the help I need. And knowing like full well that should he do that and I am involuntary like it is you're gonna be super in, pissed involuntary basically. on my part it is very very difficult to have that happen and I find that actually awful because I am like someone needs to protect me when I mm-hmm. when I my mind has is not working in the capacity that it should when yeah. it, it becomes the enemy to me my mind becomes my enemy Who's going to be there to protect me? And there, there really is no one that can do that because it's, it's, we can't, no one could force me to take my medication. No one could force me. I mean, you can be involuntarily committed, but it is a very big process. So I just feel like if I, if you have all these things in place and someone you love sees that you're, these things are falling apart, there is very little that you know they can do they can make you aware of it they could take you to your psychiatrist for example and then have you know but it's I feel like that's really hard because I am like I'll sign something that says sure you know I Mm -hmm. would be willing because I know what the depth but the thing is you've been dealing with this for how many years that's why you know this Leanne well 20 I was diagnosed when I was my daughter's 23 so I was diagnosed when I was 24 because I was diagnosed a year after because I was in postpartum psychosis so yeah and I'm 48 but the thing is like you're again my point is you're doing that so you're the one advocating for yourself. You're the one saying, "Hey, I need you to do this in case of a crisis." In case a crisis. Yeah. Happens. So that's all fine and dandy. And I'm really just saying these things because I just want to. Oh, I want to like find open a it solution, up for just yeah. Like it, this is a conversation I that I feel like whose husbands won't acknowledge their mental illness. Well, I know, and that's scary too. So they are completely on their own. Yeah, I, I, and I can't imagine how awful that would be to be. Like, I mean, I have my family of origin I have huge support there I have support within my you know my family my husband my children and I'm very open to saying if I I need help I want I expect someone to take care of me when I need help and I I say that it does nothing changes well and and I does I don't think we get that I I think people don't know how how to to help. help Like, I think that is a problem. I think that we need to talk about how to help. So not today, because that's not our topic for today. But I think we should yep, I think here, because this I was think a good question. How to, how to help. How to help. And then we'll do another one with how to help. Yeah, I think that's great. Okay, well, stay tuned for how to help.
So thanks for listening. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, all you nuts out there. Don't lock yourself up in that shell. Crack it open.